It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we ran out the show as usual with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game podcast. Evening, Paolo. How are you, mate? Simon, Alex, how are you guys? Very good, very good. Uh, let's start with the long-awaited Asian Champions League final of 2022. Uh, Al-Halal <laughs> versus Ottawa Red Diamonds, the first leg of which is this weekend. Who's the favourite to lift the trophy? It's a very good question. I'd probably say Al-Halal still edge it just, but the ledger has certainly evened up a lot since uh, probably a couple of months ago. As we remember, Al-Halal, they smashed al Hale in the semifinal 7-0, I think it was, and it looked like you know their title to lose. Arawa had started the J-League slowly, but ever since then, Arawa's hit you know great run of form. They're 11 games undefeated now in all competitions. Uh, Al-Halal have picked up their form in the last couple of matches, two big matches against fierce rivals Al Nasser and, uh, and Al Itihad. But before that, they went three games without a win and actually lost to the bottom place side as well. So hit a tiny little speed bump for them. Um, so it's it's very evenly poised now on, on the form line, I would think, depending on which way you sway, depending on whether you think having the home leg first or home leg second is an advantage depending on who you talk to. I think it's very, very evenly poised this final, but probably Al-Halal, Al-Halal just at the moment, I'd say. Rightio. We've written that down for next week. <laughs> uh, now, an interesting story in China uh, developing Sichuan Junu, the subsidiary of the City Football Group and, of course, former employees of Scott Munn, who's uh, about to join Spurs as football director, uh, reported to say that they're mulling over whether to withdraw from the Chinese Football League, which is the second tier in China, although I see that they did play in the opening round. What's all that about? What's going on there? It's a very interesting development, that, because you normally associate clubs in the city football group as clubs that are incredibly financially stable. So to suggest that they're looking to um potentially withdraw because of financial issues it doesn't quite add up and it probably speaks to the you could maybe argue the lack of development or lack of input from from city football group and perhaps how difficult the operating environment is in china they haven't had anywhere near the success haven't had any success as they have had elsewhere in india and england here in australia in new york as well and it's always been a little bit peculiar to me that they haven't have haven't made more of a go of things in china um the fans reacted you know pretty angrily to the news that city football group were looking to pull out basically saying well if you want to leave leave um but you'll never take the heart out of this football club so um that was positive to see at least that the fans are are sticking up for their club as you said they did play on the weekend they got a one nil win but it's very much a sort of wait and watch and see at Mm. this point Interesting. Um, Let's stay in China. Another interesting topic. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, the Chinese FA suspended several clubs from playing over unpaid wages. This is in the top league as well as the second league. Uh, Among them, Herbei, Guangzhou RNF, who we remember from the Asian Champions League. They played in Australia a few times. uh, And Wuhan Yangtze. Now, I I looked through the pyramid and I couldn't see those clubs' names anywhere what's happened to them have they just been told to take a year off or they no longer exist uh, effectively yeah they no longer exist the clubs have have been disbanded wow. um, and a, a couple of 
huge clubs. If you think of the go back, it's not even a decade yet, but go back almost a decade to, you know, when all the money was flowing in and out of Chinese football and clubs like Herbei, Guangzhou, um, Tianjin, um, Jiangsu as well. A, a lot of these clubs were at the forefront of that signing, not just, you know, high profile players, but coaches like, you know, Fabio Capello, um, Cannavaro as well. Um, and now a lot of those clubs just don't exist. There were massive plans at the time for you know, academies, new stadiums, training centres that looked incredible on paper. And yet, you know, the floor has just completely fallen out. And it says everything you need to know about where Chinese football is at, that a number of the clubs that are at the complete forefront of that just now no longer exist. It's a very sad story. But, yeah, it's the, the, the reality in China at the moment. Incredible. Um, like you said, thinking about where they were only only not too long ago. So anyway, it is what it is. Back to the uh, the football and looking at um, at the J-League, Kevin Muscat's uh, side had a huge away uh, win to league leaders Vissel Kobe, who uh, who well, brought them within two points of them on the ladder. Um, and even more impressive mm. given they were 2-0 down in that match. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important win for, for Muskie's side. As well, because as you said, Kobe at top of the table. If they took all three points in that game, they would have extended the lead over Marinos out to, uh, to eight points. It's only early in the season, but you know it would have put you know Marinos on the uh, on the back foot. So that's a, a huge win. Slightly lucky, they got a little bit lucky with a couple of VAR calls. Uh, Vissel Kobe went three two up uh, early in the second half, but had it ruled out because uh, Yuya Osako I think had a toenail offside, and then there was a a, a handball in the second half. Um, from Sonoda, a Marinos defender that wasn't picked up as well. So perhaps slightly lucky in that sense, but um, you take any win that, that comes your way. And while they aren't maybe playing their best football at the moment, wins like that are, are crucially important to uh, to keep them in touch with the top of the table. Now, we like to test you out, Paul, from time to time. <clears throat> and we've got a question for you. It was actually from last week. We didn't have time for it last week. And it's regarding the K-League, but not the K-League. It's the second division in Korea. So this will test you out. Uh, this is from an account called Gluay Kai. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. But anyway, I'm sure he'll tell me if it's not uh, on Twitter. And he says, or she says, eight games unbeaten, including four points and two clean sheets away to Gimchon and Busan. Is this Jongnam's year in K2? I think this was the former club of Luke Devere, wasn't it? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, I can I can categorically say it's a he because I spent a great night with him in uh, in Busan. <laughs> enough, right. going back so he's at, definitely going back trying to catch you out. Yeah, <laughs> when I was in when I was in uh, when I was in Korea and when he was still living in Korea. So thanks to him for the uh, the question. Um, look, they're certainly in with a shot um you know i don't follow k2 super closely but just looking at the the table they're undefeated as you said after eight games generally gimchon are the, the army team and they're generally when they drop down to the second division the strongest team in there just because of the caliber of players that are generally on um on, on military duty a lot of k1 caliber players so they're generally very strong when they drop down to K2, they're top of the table at the moment. So they'll take some beating. I think it's only one team that automatically goes up from K2. So they'll take some beating. Um, but, you know, 
undefeated after eight games and taking points off Gimchon. They're certainly in with a shot. It's probably too early to say at the moment. It's a it's a marathon. It's a you know forty plus game season, and they're only eight games in. So a lot of form fluctuations to happen. But here's a name for you. They're actually coached now by Solki Hyun, who was the uh, a star for Korea at the uh, the two thousand and two World Cup, and actually scored the equalizer against Italy in that that infamous game as well. So a bit of star factor at Gyeongnam as well. The Asian game is a constant source of fascination to me. So Gimchon is now the army team. What, didn't it used to be Guangzhou back in the day? Uh, and it was uh, it was Sangju as well at one stage. It kind of uh, it Goodness kind of me. moves all around the place as uh, as uh, as cities decide that they no longer <laughs> want to be involved. Right. Uh, let's head off to Thailand. Uh, Buriram United have retained the title there after a two-one win away to Changrai United. Uh, and I'm told that game was played in pretty ordinary conditions because they've got serious pollution issues in Changrai at the moment. Uh, can they mm. make any impact upon the AFC Champions League when it resumes? They've earned their spot by winning the title again. Yeah, it'd be great if they could. We've seen them do it before. It was it's probably a decade ago now, so a completely different side. But they did make the quarterfinals back in 2012 or 13. I think it was. I mean, a lot depends on the draw and, and which teams they get in the draw. But I think the fact that it now the Champions League this year, as it is, uh, returns to a home and away system will will help them. They'll get teams travel to to Thailand to Buriram, which is a, a difficult place to go. And they've got a, a great manager in charge now. They've got um, a, a, a fantastic crop of players. They've got players like Tiraton, Sasalak, Supernat, Superchai. They've got the best Thai players, but um, they've also got Masatata Ishii, who's a former Kashima Antlers coach, won the J-League in, in 2016 with, with Kashima and actually was the coach when they made the, the Club World Cup final as well. So he's got fantastic pedigree and he's in charge at Buriram as well. So yeah, don't rule them out to, uh, to do something in the Champions League when they get their shot. And Paul, what can you tell us about the Australian connection in Iran? Uh, Ruan Tongaik is... Tongik. Uh, Tongik? Tongik. Okay. And help me with it where he's playing. Is it Mess Kerman? Mess Kerman. Mess Kerman, right. And yeah. Elvis Camp Sober, the former Sydney and Melbourne victory players at uh, Sepahan at the moment. Mate, are they playing mm. regularly? Uh, Ruan is, yeah. Since he since he made the move in in January, he's been a regular at uh, at Meskerman, but they're struggling at the moment, just one point above the relegation zone. But yeah, he's a, a regular starter, playing ninety minutes every week. It's not the case for for Elvis. Um, he's played about half the games this season. Most of those coming off the bench hasn't made. I was just checking before hasn't made a league appearance since um, since the start of March. But Sepahan are, are doing fantastically well. They're second on the table at the moment. I think it is behind Persepolis. So um, they're mounting a, um, a, a um, an unlikely title challenge. It's usually Persepolis and, and Estaglal at the top. So he may not be a regular, but he's still contributing um, and, and playing his part and, and playing a role as well. So it's good to see Aussies doing well in what is a difficult league. Good stuff. Final one, uh, Paul. King Kazu Mura, formerly of Sydney FC, of course. Still playing at 56, and he's not even in Japan anymore. He's gone to Portugal to play in the second division for Oliverense. How on earth does he keep doing this? There's still hope for us. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> marketing pull. Marketing has a lot of pull. I think when you can um, potentially get the name of a, an unknown Portuguese second division side into news outlets around the world by playing a 56 year old. Maybe take that uh, take that opportunity, but he is 
a phenomenon to be still playing at 56 and it's a yeah we can we can joke about it on that but he still is ridiculously fit for a man his age to be able to continue playing um you know i don't know how you'd feel at the moment lacing up broski i can't imagine what how you'd feel doing it when you're 56 so not, not just for me. him to still be doing it you've, hey, some you've of us some of us are him, nearly so. 56 well, i was just thinking he, he's he's only a couple of years off my old man and and my old man rolled his ankle playing golf only a couple of days ago this guy's running around a field you know playing hey, mate, i pull a hamstring doing the dishes <laughs> oh brilliant hey paul uh, we got to leave it there mate brilliant work as ever uh, we'll speak to you next week Cheers, guys. See you, mate.